For the sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on June 10th, 2012, based on 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5-12. through 12. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God through which the Holy Spirit points us to our Savior Jesus Christ today is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5-12. to 12. The second lesson for today, please give your attention once again to verses 5 and 7. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, wash clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Clay jars were the common storage containers for the ancient world. Don't think of exquisite pottery that people today might display as works of art. Rather, think of plastic Cool Whip containers. They were the common things people used to store things in. And unlike plastic, clay was not only cheap, it, was all, it also was very breakable. And that's the way the Apostle Paul thought about his earthly existence. And how often don't we also feel like throwaway jars of clay? And yet to such a frail, breakable jar of clay like Paul, the Lord had entrusted a treasure that nothing else measures up to. And he has entrusted that same treasure, dear friends, dear Christian friends, to you and to me. He has entrusted us with that treasure for the light of the glory of God that beams from the face of Jesus Christ alone has shone into our hearts, shattering our darkness. May the Holy Spirit, through this word of God before us today, open our hearts to ponder this wonder, this wonder of our Lord's great treasure that he has placed in us jars of clay, Let's think about this theme. Our Lord's treasure shines out through our struggles. For since we are clay jars, our earthly existence is filled with struggles. As we begin, we need to go back to the beginning, the the very beginning, as we see light shattering the darkness. Yes, go back to that very beginning before the earth, before the sun or stars, There was not even space or time. And into that utter darkness, God's voice calls out, let light shine out of the darkness. First day, the very first day. And that same God has worked a similar miracle in your hearts and mine. His word has penetrated the pitch black darkness of our hearts. His voice has called out through baptism and the Lord's Supper. Uh, His voice calls out through his word, calls out to you and to me, and through that voice, through that word in baptism and the Lord's Supper and in the scriptures, 
God himself has shone into our hearts so that the light of the glory of God in the face of Christ fills our hearts that were once dark in sin, spiritual ignorance, and stubborn unbelief. Yes, what a treasure that is. But let's, let's think a little bit more about this, this light. What is this light? Well, Paul calls it the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And what is that glory that shines from the face of Christ? You know that sacred head once wounded, with grief and shame weighed down, once scornfully surrounded with thorns his only crown? What is the glory that shines from Jesus? It's God's saving glory, isn't it, dear friends? Jesus entered the darkness of this world to rescue you and me. He suffered our death to save us. Through his death, he has brought us the light of life. Life with God. That life that fills you and me despite the struggles that we go through in this life. Yes, Jesus has penetrated our hearts with that light, his saving light, and has brought you and me that good news, that knowledge that he has rescued and saved us. No wonder Paul's and really all true pastors don't preach themselves or their ideas or their insights. No, they preach Christ Jesus as Lord. That's how a faithful pastor serves and shepherds the flock that Jesus has entrusted to their care. And that's also why, dear friends, we call pastors ministers. A minister it means, the word minister means servant. He serves by preaching Jesus Christ as Lord so that the divine glory that shines from Jesus' face, that saving glory, keeps on filling our hearts like a treasure in clay jars. That's true enlightenment. That's the treasure the Lord has placed and trusted into our hearts. And as you think about that, though, make sure you understand that word Lord properly. When it says here that Paul and pastors proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. Make sure we don't get a negative connotation there because in our age of democracies, that word Lord can often bring a negative picture, a picture of a harsh ruler, even a dictator. You know, if someone lords it over others, that's something that's, that's haughty, presumptuous, domineering. But how different Jesus Christ our Lord is. We remember how Jesus himself talked to his disciples about this in Matthew chapter 20. He said to them that the Son of Man did not come to be served, to lord it over others. No, rather he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. When we call Jesus our Lord, we are confessing that he has ransomed us to be his very own people, that he has redeemed us with his holy, precious blood, so that we are his and he is our Lord. 
Once we were not a people, but while we were still his enemies, he gave his life to rescue us. He purchased us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. Yes, he won us from them to be his very own. He purchased us with his lifeblood so that we who were once lost and condemned creatures now are his precious people. You are his, and he is your Lord. And what comfort and assurance that brings to our hearts, doesn't it, dear Christians? No matter how fragile and frail we may feel at times, know that Jesus is your Lord. Through faith in him, you are his blood-bought people. And what a mighty and merciful Lord he is. Look at his love that sacrificed himself for you. Look at his power that conquered death for you. He is your mighty and merciful Lord. He provides for you no matter what the need. He protects you no matter how great the danger. Be confident that through faith in Jesus you are his and he is your Lord. Your Lord has, who has redeemed you to be his very own. But that may well raise a question in our minds. Huh? If we have such a mighty and merciful Lord, why isn't my life any better than it is? Why does he leave me as a jar made out of clay? Why doesn't he make me something stronger like iron or steel? Have you ever wrestled with questions like that? And, and the Bible, the Bible in many, many places addresses those questions of why do Christians struggle? Why is there suffering? And we don't have time to really go into a lot of detail there, but, but the last half of the text here does help us see part of the answer to that question of why do we suffer even though Jesus Christ is our mighty and merciful Lord. Let's think about that in the second half of the sermon here today as we see that this treasure that the Lord has entrusted to us shines out to enlighten others. Let's, let's begin by thinking about how even a great Christian like the Apostle Paul had a life full of struggle and suffering. Think of what following Jesus cost him. He had to leave behind a promising career as a rising star among the Pharisees. He faced the ridicule of his fellow countrymen labeled as a traitor of their heritage and religion. He faced the dangers and difficulties of travel, even the false imprisonment, um, beatings and stonings, all for the sake of spreading the good news of Jesus. He wrestled with his thorn in the flesh that the Lord did not take away from him despite his fervent prayers. He had the weight of the care of the congregation burdening his heart. All those young congregations that he only could spend a short time with, would they continue to follow Jesus? Would, would uh, persecution overwhelm them? Would false doctrine devour their faith? Would the flashy promises of this world entice them away from Jesus back to the world's ways? And 
Finally, even he himself, after preaching to so many, had to still guard his own faith, lest he lose the prize by falling away. Yes, the Apostle Paul's life was filled with struggles. He knew what it meant to struggle, to to have physical struggles, psychological struggles, spiritual struggles. Think about how in the text here he brings that struggle, that suffering to mind as he talks about facing the the difficulties of this life. He he talks about being closed in on, on, on every side, hemmed in. He talks about here not knowing which way to turn, being at a loss, perplexed, not knowing what to do next, being Pursued and persecuted, yes, even being knocked down with the danger looming over him, ready to put an end to him. Do you begin to understand the struggles the Apostle Paul faced? And what struggles do you face, dear Christians? What do you struggle with physically, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, spiritually? Just as Jesus was put to death, the world is constantly working to put you and me who follow Jesus to death. That's what it means when the Apostle Paul here talks about carrying around the death of Christ in our own bodies. We are jars of clay. Jars of breakable, fragile clay. And yet the Apostle Paul doesn't leave us feeling helpless and in despair, does he? Even as he describes the hardships and struggles, notice the contrast that he brings out in the words here. The contrast that reminds us of the real power in our lives. He writes, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Yes, we who have eternal life through Jesus Christ, we who are truly alive before God, we face the world's hatred because we follow Jesus. That hatred that wears down our mortal bodies of flesh and blood. But the greater our struggle in this earthly existence, the more clearly that all-surpassing power that comes from God shines out for others to see. And that really brings us to part of that explanation of why, even though we have a mighty and merciful Lord, we still struggle in this life. Why do Christians suffer? Part of the answer that the Bible gives here, that, that this text here reminds us of, is we suffer so that God's all surpassing power, the only power that saves, can shine out for others to see. That's what Paul tells us when he writes here. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. And so, dear Christian friends, Whatever the struggles you face in life, 
the physical, mental, emotional, psychological, and spiritual struggles. Know and believe that the power that sees you through that is the power that comes from God. And make it clear for others to see that that strength is not from inside yourself, that that strength, that power is from God. Let that life, that light that shines from our Lord Jesus Christ shine out from you through your struggles in life. And and that's really a very simple thought, isn't it? To let others see that power of God at work in us as we endure the different struggles and sufferings of this world. And yet how hard that is to put into practice. For just think about how people talk about how they make it through life. What or who often gets the credit? Good luck and chance? Family and friends? Hard work and determination? Willpower and goal setting? Character and values? Yes, many of these can be gifts from God to help us, but don't push the giver back into the background. Rather, make it clear for all to see that the power that sustains you is not yours, does not come from us, but it is God's power. It is His light that brings us life. Make it clear by your words and actions so that others know that we are just jars of clay, but the treasure is that light of the knowledge of God's saving glory that shines from the face of Christ. And that brings us to a a related thought that also helps us see why even as Christians we struggle in this world because that's how God lets others or draws others to see how important and how necessary it is that we need our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul sums that up in that last verse there when he says, So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. In other words, even as we who follow Jesus suffer in this world, as that power of God shines out from us, that saving power, it brings others to know the real life, the true life that comes only from Jesus Christ our Lord. And so, dear friends, we are jars of clay, but that's not bad news. For as we go through the struggles of this life, that lets the light of the glory of God that shines from the face of Christ shine out for others to see and draws them to know that the real treasure, the only treasure that lasts, is our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the life that He has won for us. And not only for us, but for them as well. So that they too know Him as their Lord, who has redeemed them to be His very own. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.